Hey everyone, we are sharing a new podcast today and every day this week to celebrate our Zen Parenting Summit. Our free and virtual summit began on January 31st and ends on February 4th. And it's based around Kathy's new book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. It comes out on February 1st. In addition to talking about Kathy's book, we have 15 thought leaders over five inspiring days, a great way for parents to start their year with confidence and optimism. Go to the show notes or zenparentingradio.com if you haven't already registered for the summit. Once again, it's free. And enjoy our daily podcast this week where we dive into each chapter of Kathy's new book. All you need to do is register with your first name, last name, and email address. So now on with the show. Welcome everybody to the Zen Parenting Conference, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World, written by Kathy Cassani Adams. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you very much. And today we are going to focus on Chakra One. So if you have this book, you already know this. If you don't, the structure of the book is around the chakra system. And there, we actually did a whole podcast about why I wrote the book in this way. And you can um, find it in the show notes of wherever you're consuming this information from right now. Exactly. And it basically in the synopsis is I use chakras when I'm thinking about people, when I'm thinking about my own health, when I'm thinking about how to support somebody. And it was my, my most genuine way of writing something and including all the pieces of what it means to be human. Um, you know, we've Todd and I has, has, he's asked me a number of times, like, why did you write it in this way? And it's because it's very difficult to include everything you think someone needs to know, um, about themselves and, you know, where they began and how they're growing, unless you have some kind of scaffolding to how you got to where you are today. You need to be able to see and feel and understand in your own body, in your own heart, in your own mind. And so we are going to go through each of the chakras. And today we are focusing on chakra one. Chakra one, the right to be establishing our foundation. Where is chakra one located? So the, the first chakra, if we're talking about body awareness is the sacrum or the bottom of the spine. And it is the chakra one is our rooting element. It is the place where just in a, a very, um, the overall feeling is, do you feel grounded in where you are and who you are? And do you have an understanding of why you're here. Now, when I say that, I don't mean, you know, what kind of work you're going to do or what your career is going to be, or what your, um, hobbies are. It doesn't have to be so specific, but do you have an understanding of your place and time? So for those of you guys who do not know, Kathy, Kathy loves quotes, and I'm going to read the quote that you used to introduce chakra one. And then I want to know why you use this one, because I'm guessing you could have used a bunch of different ones. Okay. It's by Jane Hirschfield, and it's a tree lives on its roots. If you change the root, you change the tree. Culture lives in human beings. If you change the human heart, the culture will follow. What does that mean to you? So I liked the quote. Um, I like Jane Hirschfield. I could have used a million of her quotes, but 
Um, because that's how I think about the root chakra, just the word root in itself, right? Um, rooting to the earth, feeling grounded in the earth and the understanding that if you begin with that, if you feel grounded in who you are, everything upward can change. So think about a tree. If a tree does not have a healthy root system, it's going to be very difficult for every other aspect of its being to survive and thrive. So you know, it's funny. I get in later in the book, I get into talking about the, um, the hierarchy of, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how a lot of times people believe that, you know, you can't even focus on self-actualization at all, that you have to get up to that level, um, to even think about self-actualization. And, and I think, that even at this really base level of survival of being rooted and those, you know, basic survival needs are in a roundabout way being focused on our self-actualization, right? You, a lot of times we go from top down and I'm thinking top or top down, bottom up, and I'm thinking top down. So, um, so it's interesting because I, I'm going to read some, some excerpts okay. from the book and this one hit me very quickly because it's something that I think I need to work on. Throughout our lives, we are rep repetitiously taught that the mind is superior to the body, leading us to believe that our mind should be in control of the body. This undermines the natural intelligence of the body, distracting us from the signals and signs that are there to help us. So let me just first start. I am a little bit more connected to my body than I used to be, um, but I know I have a long way to go. And I know that there's men out there that be like, well, no, your body's just there to kind of carry you to from one place to another, but everything happens in the mind. And I'm just wondering- Do you think people really think that? Yes. Or they, so you yes. think that people think everything is their mind? Yes. And you even talk about Descartes who says, I think therefore I am. And I think he probably would have said the same thing. Right. I understand that. I guess I, I live in a different Yes, you do place in my own mind. I, I guess the thing that we could focus on with the root chakra is, do you understand your body intelligence and that every part of your body is talking to you at all times? And, and I don't mean you have to like be overwhelmed by that idea. So like, what are my arms telling me right now? <laughs> and I know well, I'm trying not to be a smart ass, but I think you're right, but it also doesn't make sense. Well, I guess, you know, let's make up a story. Let's say that you just were walking out the door and you hit your arm mm -hmm. and you felt pain in that place where you hit your arm. That's information from your body that, mm. and, and again, yes, it went up to your mind and there's, but it started in your arm. Of course there, the nerve endings in your arm. And I, and, it, and the thing about mind and body is I, I don't like to talk about them like they're two different things because they're interconnected. They're interwoven. Like one of my favorite pictures of all time is this brain who's holding out a hand and then there's a heart holding out a hand and then they're shaking hands, mm -hmm. which is symbolic to me of understanding the connection between, you know, mind and body. And that's a big part of root chakra is I feel like a lot of people are so disconnected from their body. It's the reason why they can't ground in themselves. It's the reason why they can't, they don't have great spatial awareness. It's a reason why they don't understand. They, they almost don't know where they belong in a room because they don't have a sense of interconnection. 
um, having all the pieces come together. And not that we, for those of us who do have some sense of grounding, it's not that we always feel like we belong in every room. There's still other elements. I mean, we've got six other chakras to go after this, but there is, let me explain it this way, Todd. The, the best way to explain um, root chakra is the understanding of root to rise. I'm a yoga teacher. And so what I understand on the mat, what I know for sure is that your feet are a huge part of yoga. And when you are doing yoga, you spread your toes really wide because you need to root your feet if you are going to rise and stretch. If your feet are not solid or they're kind of turned in or they're turned out the wrong way or your hips aren't in alignment because of your feet, when you move and rise, everything's going to feel out of alignment. Right? Um, you say in your book, similar to when a bird gets ready to fly, it hunkers down Correct. and centers itself. Or when a swimmer prepares to dive or a basketball player bends the knees to shoot, they're all rooting themselves before the rise. Right. So if you can think about those as analogies or metaphors for just living in the world, just on the most basic, ordinary daily way, is if you are not rooted in yourself and the earth, rising speaking to people, you know, getting work done, everything is more difficult mm -hmm. and more, you know, you're balancing in a different way. And so what does, you know, what does root chakra awareness mean? It means that you have things set up in the morning to kind of stabilize you to like, maybe you don't wake up and first scroll, you know, through your phone. Maybe you have some breathing or a conversation that you have with someone, or maybe you take a shower first, or maybe you have a meditation practice and you're, what you're doing is you're rooting into your day and then you're rising. So that's on the daily ordinary level. Yeah. That's a very practical step of how to understand chakra one. How do you start your day. Right. That, and those are kind of what I love about talking about chakras or just everything in this book is that there's the macro and the micro, right? The micro is the everyday practice and how am I doing this and how am I showing up? The macro is diving deep and do you feel like you belong just overall? Like, do you feel like when you came into this world that you did understand, but then you lost it? Do you feel, and when I say lost it, I don't mean like it's out there in the ethers, it's still in you, but you're not accessing it the way you used to. Is that something that you believe you could get more in touch with yourself, put mind body back in this like handshake place where you feel as if there's a connection, um, where you trust some people I know. So I guess Todd, I'm, I'm backing up a little bit about what I said to you before about, do you really think people don't understand the mind body is I do. There's a few women I work with who say they really can't feel what's going on in their body. I've been, um, with men and they're like, it's a desert. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. feel. And it, you know, if, if you pinch your elbow, pinch your arm, I could feel that. But when we're asking people to feel the fear or the sadness or the anger inside their body, I still many times struggle with what that means. And it's funny, I'm, I'm on the part of the book where you talk about Besser Vander, Vander Kolk. Who is this guy? What did he do? Um, the Body Keeps Score. That's yes. his book. Mm -hmm. He focuses on agency or what scientists call interoception. 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 Thank mm -hmm. you. Our awareness of body-based feelings such as a growling stomach, dry mouth, tense muscles, or racing heart. I just wonder why did you include some of this in the root chakra. Because again, it gets, it gets back to those ordinary things. Do you know if you're hungry or not? And how do you know? 
because you feel the grumbling stomach because you start to feel because some people eat or don't eat based purely on emotional or mind-based things. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you and I have gotten kind of a lesson um, just over the last year about what intuitive eating is. And intuitive eating, just by nature of the word, is how do you feel? Not what did this diet say to do, or what is my next door neighbor doing, or I should only eat this many grains and this many. We're not following a pattern like that. What do we feel we need? And that necessitates mind and body connection. And and let me say this, for those of you who feel really distant from that, this is a practice and it's a daily practice and it gets stronger. It's a muscle you work. Every single chakra awareness is a muscle that you work. And that's why it's something, it's why I, it's how I see people and see myself is I can tell when I'm struggling in a certain area, which, which chakra I'm want to focus on. Well, and I think when you say it's a practice, I think of that, like, this is a journey that has Absolutely. no destination. So you never get to the place like, oh, I am fully embodied with my feelings in my body. There's going to be times when I float up to my head and that's okay. Of course. As opposed to that there's a, a goal of what, and there's a destination. Exactly. There is, this is an ongoing experience of being human. This book is not about, hey, walk these steps and you'll get to this place and you'll be happy. There's no such thing. I don't believe in that. What this is, is a more, um, integrated way of understanding our history, our present day experiences, our mind body connection, and how we can actually do something that feels connective, healthy, and not only makes us feel better in, inside, but then we express ourselves in a more um, thoughtful manner. Yeah. In a more thoughtful way. So that's where I want to go next, because, you know, you talked about how do we start the day? You know, mm -hmm. do you scroll through your Instagram or do you meditate or do you? So, um, another thing that you talk about is being mindful before making choices about taking a breath and getting centered before acting. Mm -hmm. And you have an acronym, which surprised me because I don't think you're much of an acronym type of person. I just really like this one. And you know what? This was given to me. Um, I had heard it before, but I hadn't really made it part of my my process. But then someone on Team Zen brought it up like three or four years ago. Mm. And, and so do you want me to say what sure, it is? Sure. It's think mm -hmm. T-H-I-N-K. Mm -hmm. And the T stands for it. So think about what it is that you're about to say to your partner, to your kids, to your boss, to your employee. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it helpful? Mm -hmm. That's the H. Is it inspiring? Mm -hmm. Is it necessary? And last but not least, what's the last one, sweetie? Um, I don't have it written down. You have is it me. kind? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just curious if how, uh, like as human beings, what is the likelihood that we can go through these questions before we respond? Well, I think I say right after that, even if you go through one of them, it's helpful. Yeah. Take like, the time to even consider one of these letters. Yeah. Like you, I don't, I don't think there's, that's why sometimes acronyms and like steps and processes can sometimes hold us back rather than help us. Cause we get very focused on how am I going to do all these things mm -hmm. versus if you just do one of those things, if you just say to yourself, is this a kind thing to say, or is this a thoughtful thing to say, or is this a helpful thing to say, then at least it gives you pause, which is what we're looking for in conversation is, am I being reactive, which is I'm not breathing, I'm not pausing, or am I being responsive and really considering what I'm going to say? And a grounded approach, a root chakra approach is I am actually taking a breath 
and grounding myself again, remember the swimmers, they, you know, or when you're doing uh, track, you know, mm -hmm. they like ground mm -hmm. and then they take off. Yeah. They explode. They're rooting and then they explode. And this is what happens. Remember we did the, that roller coaster, Todd, it was so scary. The Hulk one. Yeah. And there's this at the very beginning, it pulls you back and then shoots you forward, which I know a lot of roller coasters do, but this was extraordinary. Not like that one. That one is weird because usually the roller coaster like, yes. And slowly worked their way up. Yeah. This one, you just go. And I've never been on a roller coaster like that. So it was not very root chakra or basically it was using the idea of root first and then go forward. Or if you think about the amount of energy that that roller coaster yes. takes underneath somewhere yes. in the infrastructure of the roller coaster, there's a ton of energy that is being created to launch the Hulk ride up. Right. Versus right. the American Eagle, the great, you know, the one at great America, six flags or any other. This, what is that called? We're, we're having a total it's the Eagle. Is it, it's the Eagle, right? Screaming Eagle. No, no it's I don't not know. Screaming. It doesn't matter. The American it's, Eagle. I think it's American Eagle. Or is that a store with clothes? My kids love that store. As does your wife. I got American Eagle jeans. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we all love American. I used to get my jeans at the gap. Um, by the way, these are not like sponsors. We're just Talking. No, no, we're just talking. That's what we do. So, but this is the, these are all analogies to like help you understand why rooting is important and why we're not like, we don't do yoga on our tiptoes. You know, we don't try and stretch and bend and move and open when we're on our tiptoes, we ground. And that's what we do in life is before you speak, you ground before you make a decision, you ground, you don't stay so airy. And you know, before we take this journey that you're taking with us right now through the conference and through our own body awareness, we ground like this is an essential Todd and I, when we do a team Zen meeting or when he does a men living meeting, or when I'm doing a women's circle meeting, we start by grounding. Yeah. We center, we ground, center. we breathe, we go back mm -hmm. to the breath. I want to talk about, you talk about the question. Um, so I'm going to read an Albert Einstein quote here that you share in a second, but it's about examining our core positioning and baseline perception. So basically, how do we look at mm -hmm. the world? Mm -hmm. And the quote is this, the most important decision we make, and it's from Albert Einstein, is whether we believe we live in a friendly or a hostile universe. Mm -hmm. And that's quite a tangent from what we've been talking up to this point. Why did you think that was important to include with the root chakra? Because this is a grounding element. How do you look at the world? That's how you ground. Like, that's what I mean about micro and macro. This isn't one simple concept. This is a big, broad concept that applies to everything. Mm -hmm. Do you view the universe as being against you? Or do you root into the idea that the universe is behind you and that it's guiding you? And, and you don't even have to get super metaphysical or spiritual about this. Do you believe in the idea that even when something doesn't go well, you learn from it? Do you believe in the idea that when one door closes, a window opens or vice versa? I know in some evidence of why I think the universe is working for me okay. instead of against me. Mm -hmm. I'm getting this from your book. Scientists say the odds of us being born are at least one in 400 trillion. Yeah. So like, let's just pause there. And I think that has to do with, you know, eggs and sperm and the amount of sperm and all these things that need to happen to conceive a child. The odds that, that I showed up on May 3rd, 1972 is one in 400 trillion. And it's so easy to forget something as simple as that is like, 
we were born. Like, that's crazy. Exactly. And just that understanding, you know, we're talking about belonging and rooting and knowing that you're supposed to be here. That statistic alone can tell you that if you came through that trillion process mm-hmm. where you are here and alive, you're supposed to be here. Now, unfortunately, sometimes when I say that to people, they're like, yeah, but I don't know my career or I didn't finish school or I got a divorce. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with the first rooting fact that you belong here. And if we could like dive deep into that and hold that firm, everything that comes from there feels more alive, healthier, more vibrant. You know, what's interesting is, you know, I sometimes complain about my day because I don't want to do something or it's too challenging or whatever. And I've heard that the most challenging thing any of us will ever do for those of us who were born vaginally is go through, is to be born. Like it's through the, 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 vaginal canal. Through the birth canal. Mm-hmm. Like, and that could be true, true for cesarean too. Do you know what I mean? Like that experience of coming out into the world like that. Like it's just think about that. And we didn't have a a prefrontal mm-hmm. cortex, like we didn't have anything and we did it. We did. And I think we can like inspire ourselves from when we were little babies. Like we did hard things back then. We've already done the hardest thing. Yes. Right. And, and even that, like, what do you, when something happens that is difficult, what idea do you ground in? If you ground in the idea that there's something wrong with me, I don't belong. I'm a mess. I'm disconnected. I'm a failure. And again, we'll get into some of those belief systems in the other chakras, but that's what you're grounding on. So there's all sorts of blockages to even for you to even see how the universe is conspiring to help you to be, to, uh, use the alchemist. Um, you know, and again, it's not always like I studying this as much as I have And using this as my own template and writing about this doesn't mean that I don't sometimes feel like a failure and that I don't ground in things that aren't healthy for me. Like it's a practice of remembering the importance. That's it. Um, Along the same lines, you say we get to decide how to write our stories. And because we are adults and not dependent children, we have the ability to find ways to write them successfully. Scientists at Yale University followed adults for 20 years to uncover the secrets to a long life. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that those who had a positive view of aging in midlife lived an average of 7.6 years longer than those who had a negative view. In other words, if you say, I think getting older will be wonderful, you're likely to live 7.6 years longer than the person who says, I think getting older is horrible. Yeah. So mind-body connection. And again, this is research. This isn't me like saying, let's believe this just because I said it. This is research. And it's not that simple. It's not about like we've learned from our history of understanding that positive affirmations are not just about looking in the mirror and saying something. There has to be an internal process of coming to believe those things. And yes, words can help us shape that, um, but it's more than that. It's the practice of really diving deep into where did I come up with my sense of belonging? Where did I miss it? Where did I, or let's, let's switch to what you just said. How do I feel about aging? And is what I feel about it true? Meaning people tell us that aging sucks and that it gets worse or that it's all downhill from there. Or once you're past a certain age, there's nothing to look forward to. I have found that to be a hundred percent, not true. Now there are things that, 
you know, I miss about being 20 years old, you know, like not having to wear glasses um, and, you know, certain kind of, you know, stamina, different kind of like last, last night I went to bed at like nine 15. And one of my daughters is like, why do you go to bed so early? You know, I am 50, but I also believe that there are so many things that come with getting older that I would have just done anything for in my twenties, the sense of self, um, the sense of groundedness, the sense of trust in who I am. The awareness to know that you need to recharge your battery. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's so many things. And for some people, this happens at 20, for some people it's 30, 35, 40, 50, 70. Like there isn't, if you are hearing me say that and you're like, yeah, well, I'm your age and I don't feel that way. That's okay. That's why we're doing this journey. You can start that process right now. It, there is no right time. There is no right way. There is a desire to investigate and to then reinvestigate. And while sometimes it can feel like a lot of energy, I'm telling you, Todd and I always talk about dividends. The payoff is quite extraordinary because a lot of the challenges or drama or pain that you've dealt with historically doesn't come up as much because you've worked through a lot of those blockages that have kept you from noticing the gifts that you have or the opportunities that are available. So we're going to close each of these chakra talks. Uh -huh. I just decided that that's what we're going to call them. Chakra, chakra talks. talks. Um, at the end of each chapter, you have a section of the, for you, which is the reader and for your kids. And I'm just going to repeat a few of them. And that's what I was going to say. There's a bunch of them. So maybe just do one or yeah, two. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of um, a good hands-on resource. Find ways to make the home calmer, visually, emotionally, verbally. Create spaces in the home where you can relax. Anything you want to say about that? Um, How do you do this? Oh, well, um, you know, when you live with four other people and they don't maybe have the same, um, the same definition of what calm means. And, and I'm not even trying to make fun of them. It's just, everybody has a different version of what calm means. Um, you have to create your own spaces. And so I have some space in my bedroom, like a meditation area. That's my calm space. I have my own office. That's a calm space. Um, when I'm in a space that's shared, I try and bring some of the things that are calming, like my own blanket, um, my own, you know, I'll have a candle. I have some plants now that I love. So when you're living with other people, not every space is going to be just for you. What are your plants names, sweetie? Um, one of my plants names is Sandy mm -hmm. and the other one is Georgia O'Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I know it's a goodie. That's a new one. Um, and then one part for your kids, listen more. And we all know this. I think very few of us do it. Listen more and talk less when your children are sharing their experiences. Connection occurs when someone feels heard, seen, and understood, and that every conversation necessitates advice or learning. Yeah. So I, in this chapter about chakra one, I dive deep into what survival means for children, because again, chakra one is about survival, grounding, you know, feeling connected, belonging to the earth and survival for them is connection. You know, it's, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you value me? And when we have infants, it looks one way, which is feed me, pick me up when I cry, hold me close. Um, and a lot of those things, even though they look a little different on the surface, um, they all, that remains the same. Like you have a teenager and they need as much connection and understanding and to be seen and to be held. Um, but you may have to go about it in different ways. And so if you have an understanding and, and, and I, and 
this book, the thing I toggle between is you have to do your work around this first. And if you understand how you need connection for survival, like I know that I do need hugs. That's I I'm a physical touch person. And that I do need to have a conversation with my husband that makes me feel like I'm I've shared something and he's listened and we feel more connected because of it. I need those things. So then it's so much easier to understand that my children need them. But if we haven't done a self-investigation about what we need, then we sometimes don't trust what our children need. And sometimes we'll say things like, oh, they're just being manipulative or overbearing, or they're asking too much, or I don't feel like giving in, you know, we become very defensive to their very biological, um, you know, chakra one root chakra needs. We become, we push it away, but if we understand we need it, then we help them navigate how to get their needs met in a healthy way too. You know what we're going to do to close this chakra one? What? I just decided we're going to have a theme for each chakra. Oh, good. Um, I am going to play a clip on YouTube that if you're watching this virtual conference, you'll be able to see it. If you're listening on your phone, you'll be just be able to hear. This is the root chakra, right? So I thought of Jimmy Fallon's The Roots, right? Yeah. You with yeah. me? Yeah. Here we go. Whoa, look at this. and all those things we grew up with trying to teach us. You belong. Mm. You are, we're all different. We all look different. We all act different, but we all belong. And one thing I will say just to kind of backtrack in the book a little bit is the beginning of the book, the first section of the book before we jump into chakras is all about some things that you need to investigate about the way you see the world before you jump into investigating yourself. Um, for example, around things like inequality or race or sex education or gender norms or sexuality, um, things that if you haven't investigated that, then sometimes these issues, we have blind spots and we tend to think there's good and bad. Um, this person belongs, this person doesn't. And we really have to, this is a, a lifetime of work. There's nothing you wouldn't, you know, I hope that when people read certain chapters that they feel good or have ahas. And for the most part, I think a lot of it will resonate because all of you know, these things already, I'm not bringing anything new necessarily in theory to the table. It's how I'm trying to bring it in a way where it's more accessible. And I think this inner investigation we do from zero until we're not here anymore. So sweetie, we will, let's do a quick teaser for chakra two. Which, okay. What's chakra two, the right to feel? Absolutely. The right to feel, which I am. So the right to feel is about our pleasure. It's about our creativity. It's about our emotions. Um, and it is a, I think I, this might have the most pages because there's a lot to discuss when it comes to those things. The color is orange and mm -hmm. we'll explain why 
next time. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. We will see you all in at chakra number two. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. Remember to register for our Zen Parenting Virtual Summit, where you will learn from 15 thought leaders and learn more about Kathy's book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering my new book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. It's our new page where you can find everything we do in one place. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.